Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. No matter what the problems are, no matter what kind of confusion is arising upon the earth, there's always only one answer, and it's Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And when you come to Him, you receive the Holy Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. So he's the one that brings freedom. He's the one that brings freedom to a nation, to our nation. One of the reasons why our nation has been so free for so long is because it was considered one nation under God. It submitted itself to God, under God, under his authority. It was submitted to him. And thank God it still is today. But there's a lot of folks that uh, would try to change that. And try to change the culture of our society and try to drive out our Christian values. In fact, you know, with all this going on today, one brilliant individual, he said, uh, he said, now, you know, with this election that just took place in Georgia, he said, that's the end of faith, family, and traditional values. And you know what? Uh, We've been going in that direction for quite some time now. And that's because the church has been turning away from its biblical foundation, from its roots, and letting go of the Holy Spirit, just letting go of the Holy Spirit, drawing back from the power of God. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so we need the freedom that comes from the Holy Spirit. But if you're ashamed of the Holy Spirit and you reject the Holy Spirit, then you're rejecting liberty, you're rejecting freedom. So it's up to the church, because we're the salt of the earth, to make sure that the Holy Spirit is here, at least in our churches, right? I mean, at least in our churches, if you can't have them in school and in the courthouses, at least have them in the church, you know, so that he can at least move in this place and influence our nation. But so many people have been drawing back from the glory of God. And I opened up this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 4. And it says here in verse 22, some of you know the story. I'm not going to get into the whole background of the story, but this is the verse that jumped out to me this morning. Verse 22, and she said, the glory has departed from Israel. For the ark of God has been captured. Notice that the glory has departed. That word captured there means taken away. Taken away. So the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been taken away. And as a result of that, Israel fell into bondage to their adversaries, to their enemies, to the enemies of God. The enemies of God took over their nation. They became slaves to these people known as the Philistines. 
but it was because they had lost the glory. And the reason why the glory had departed is because they had first departed from the glory. You know, they had just become religious and they weren't really interested in the glory of God. In fact, even in the church uh, or the priest's house where the ark was kept, this priest, his name was Eli, his sons were just vile and they were priests and they were just self-serving, self-seeking and they did not honor and respect the ark of God. They didn't respect the glory of God. And so as a result of that, they lost the glory. The glory was taken away. And of course, the glory is the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. It's the manifested goodness of God. And we need God in manifestation. When he's in manifestation, life is in manifestation. Health is in manifestation. Joy is in manifestation. Peace is in manifestation. Goodness is in manifestation. Righteousness is in manifestation. Justice is in manifestation. So when he's in manifestation, we have all these various different attributes of God. And it's all good. It's all good. But if he's not in manifestation, then that gives the devil the ability to be able to come in and manifest. He'll fill the void. So we don't want the devil manifesting because when he manifests, it's corruption. There's crime. There's rioting. There's confusion in the land. There's darkness in the land. So we want to turn on the light and let God manifest in the earth. But again, that's up to his people. That's up to folks getting into faith concerning the glory of God. Getting into faith concerning God manifesting in our midst. God manifesting in our life. God manifesting in our nation. we got to get into faith about it. we got to believe that God's just not some kind of religious God, but God's a real living God. He's alive, he's powerful, he's here in our midst tonight, and we treat him like he's here. We honor him like he's here. We worship him, we praise him like he's here. We're not just, oh, you know, making a bunch of noise to make ourselves feel better. Do some kind of religious thing. No, no, we're in faith. Faith walks in the reality that God is. God is here. God is in this place. So he says, I don't feel anything. I'm not seeing anything. See, faith doesn't have to see or feel to know. Faith knows God is here. And because faith believes he's here, see, then that faith in God manifests him. It's just like I liken to faith to a radio receiver. You know, you got all this, all these voices, all this music, all this stuff going on right now in the airwaves around us. Right now, there's all this noise going on. And you can't hear it without a radio receiver. You bring a radio receiver in here, and you, you turn it on, and you start playing with the dial, start turning to different stations, and next thing you know, you start tuning into all kinds of stuff. Now, that radio receiver does not bring the music or the news or whatever else is being broadcast. It doesn't bring it into the room. It just manifests what's here in the room. Right now... Without a radio receiver, all those sounds, all those words, all that music is here right now. It's bouncing off your head. It's here, but you don't hear it. So, you know, it's not influencing you. But if you had a receiver, then you can tune that in. 
And you could tune into all kinds. Think about how many things right now. If you had a radio receiver, you know, just think AM, FM. There's all kinds of things you could tune in right now. Just change, change the dial. Go from one thing to the next, one thing to the next, one thing to the next. All that's here right now. But you see, it's not affecting us at all because nobody is tuning it in, thank God. Because that's not what we're doing right now. But you go out in your car and you could do it out in your car. Just make sure you tune in the right stuff. But you see, all that, all that is here. So it's the same thing with God. His goodness is here. His awesomeness is here. He's, he's absolutely awesome. His power is here. Healing is here. Strength is here. If you're live streaming tonight, it's right there in your home. Healing is right there in your home. Strength is right there. Peace is right there. The power of God is right there. In fact, if you go with me to Luke 5, 16. It says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Notice this. He was teaching and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law. So we had a a bunch of religious leaders, leaders. Ministers, and they're all there listening to Jesus teaching. Wouldn't that be fun? They came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. They all came from all over the place. I mean, these people traveled to come to the conference, the Jesus conference. Hallelujah! Jesus is having a conference, and so they all gather together and they come to hear Jesus. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them, but yet notice this, nobody's getting healed. No one's saying anything about anybody getting healed. Now, Jesus is teaching. And the Bible says in the book of Psalms that he sent his word and healed them. So you know, in the words that he's ministering, there's healing. There's healing. There's faith for healing. The power of God is present. It's in, the anointing of God is there in that place. But nobody's tuning it in. It's just bouncing off them. It's power of God, just healing power, bouncing off. And you know all these teachers, all these, all these different ones. You know some of them hadn't been dealing with some physical issues. I mean, I'm sure not all of them were sitting there in just perfect health. You know, somebody over here probably had a knee problem. Somebody over here probably deals with some migraines, you know, at least some stuff like that. You know, who knows? But uh, they're all sitting there, and nothing's happening. And yet Jesus is teaching the Word. And, and think about these folks. They came from everywhere to, to get in this service. So you'd look and say, man, these are a bunch of, you know, these are good folks. These are Jesus people, right? I mean, look how much they love the Word. They traveled so far, and, uh, you know, they gave up. Whatever they were going to be doing that week, they heard about this meeting with Jesus, and they traveled to the meeting. They got in that meeting, and there they are, just listening to the teachings of Jesus. Some of them probably had notepads. Some of them probably just taking notes, you know, and uh, taking, taking all these wonderful points down. What has a nugget? Some of them probably pulled out their cell phone, and they were already sending it out on social media throughout Jerusalem. In Galilee, you know, all over the place. Just sending out tweets of what Jesus is saying, all the special nuggets. 
But nobody's life is being impacted. Why? Because even though Jesus was there, even though the power of God was there to heal them, nobody was tuning it in. Nobody had their faith receiver on. Do you have your faith receiver on? Listen, you and I need to live with our faith receivers on. We need to keep faith on all the time. Because God's on all the time. He's broadcasting all the time. Now, we get in the Word of God to help tune in the things that we want to receive from God. See? See, we get in the Word, and it helps dial us in, helps dial in our faith to be able to receive from Him. We don't just get in the Word just to get in the Word as though getting in the Word is doing something for us. Getting in the Word is doing nothing if you don't mix faith with it. You've got to mix faith with the Word. He says that over in 1 Corinthians. It says, the Word that they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. So these folks, they were all scattered in the wilderness. They all died in the wilderness. Even though, I mean, they had Moses preaching the word to them. And again, God was there. He was in a cloud by day and a fire by night. I mean, the power of God was there with them. But yet they weren't tuning him in. They weren't mixing what they were hearing through Moses with faith. So we got to make sure we're tuning in. We're tuning in to the Lord so that we can receive from him what he is saying. So we receive him into, into, into manifestation in our lives, in this place. I mean, you get God going in manifestation in your life, and you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace because he is the prince of peace. He's not the author of confusion. Hallelujah. So even though we see the world in confusion, you and I are to be in peace. Too much of the church world is following after the pattern of this world. They're following after the peoples of this world. They're not following the word. They're not staying with the word of God. They're not tuning in the glory of God. They're not manifesting God in their life. They're tuning in CNN news, Fox news, this news, that news, this internet link, that internet link. They're tuning in all these different things and they're manifesting all this noise and confusion and they're not taking the time to tune in to the Holy Spirit and to see God manifest in their life. And we need him to manifest, especially in the area of peace. Right now, hope. He's the God of all hope. There's a lot of folks, man, they're full of hopelessness right now. There's things, it looks hopeless. The future looks really, really bad. And they're concerned about what's going to happen in the days ahead. Well, they have reason to be concerned about what's going on. But don't just stay concerned. Tune in to the Lord. Tune into him and get answers that help you with those concerns so that you can take those concerns and cast them on him because he, he's concerned for you. He cares for you. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Another scripture I turned to this morning was Proverbs 28, Proverbs 28, 12. 
It says, when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. Now, I thought that was interesting. You know, he brings me to 1 Samuel 4.22, and it talks about how the glory departed from Israel. And my first thought was, Lord, has the glory departed from America? Has the glory departed? Well, you see, it has departed to many degrees, but not completely. Not completely. But it will completely depart if you and I don't rise up and take this serious. Take what's going on serious and bring the glory of God back. Determine to see the manifested awesomeness of God in your life and to spread it to others. Man, we need to be glory spreaders. We really do. We need to do what the Bible says. Uh, It's it's called the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and share the gospel. Tell the good news. Preach the gospel. He said, lay hands on. He said, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My Lord Jesus, that's the glory of God. We need to know how to tune in the healing power of God, praise God, because it's present. It's present wherever you are. It's present wherever you go. Tune it in. Tune it in. How do I tune it in? Start speaking the word. Start thinking on the word. Start declaring the word to others. Start raising people's faith. Get them to tune it in. Raise their faith. And then bless God, do what the Bible says and lay hands on them. Can he say amen? Release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Release the power of God. God wants to manifest. He wants to manifest. But the church is hiding the glory. The church is not rising up and uh, publicly rejoicing. See, we need to rejoice not just in secret. Thank God we rejoice at church. But it doesn't say when the righteous rejoice at church. So it needs, this needs to be a lifestyle. If you want the glory to God to be a lifestyle, if you want the manifested goodness of God to be a lifestyle, then rejoicing needs to be a lifestyle. Praise God. What does that mean? Well, it means we're raising our voice. We're talking about it. We're shouting about it. We're praising God for it. We're declaring it. I mean, we can't keep our mouths quiet about the glory of God. Hallelujah. God's an awesome God. My God's an awesome God. He's a healing God. He's a delivering God. He sets captives free. See, so I feel a little uncomfortable talking, you know, to people about these things. Well, start talking to yourself about it then. You know, start there. When I was in into kickboxing, you know, one of the things you would do before you got in the ring with somebody is you'd you'd shadow box, we called it. You'd get in front of a mirror. And you would you do all the moves as if you were in the ring with somebody else. And so you would just in that in the in the mirror, you would just you would look at yourself and you would shadow box as though you were you you were looking at an opponent. And you'd just keep practicing that and you'd get yourself ready to go before actually stepping in the ring with a real opponent. Well, see, we could do that with the gospel. Start declaring it to yourself. Start declaring it to yourself. Praise God. I'm not just talking about once in a while. I mean, get to preaching. I mean, preach until you preach yourself happy. I mean, preach God into manifestation in your bedroom. You know? 
You got these heathens, you know. They crank up their rock and roll music, and they sit there in front of the mirror. They got their hairbrush in their hand. Right? They got their hairbrush in their hand, and, and they're karaoke you know, why do they do that? Why? Because they think they're a rock star. They think they're, they think they're something, you know. Well, we, need to, we need to do that with the gospel. Praise God. Get in front of that mirror. Slick your hair back. If it makes you feel good. Hallelujah. And just start declaring and preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Devils hear you. Angels will get happy. Devils will want to leave. I'm telling you, just start preaching it. Start shadow preaching. Start shadow preaching, man. Get yourself stirred up. We got to get this gospel out. We got to get God in manifestation in our nation. That's what we need in America. How do we do it? When the righteous rejoice. Ooh, there's great glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is great glory. And people want to see America great. People want to see America made great. Well, it's the glory that makes America great. So the greater the glory, the greater the nation. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. Notice that. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves. When the wicked come into power, then you, gotta, you find yourself, you have to do everything in secret. You know, that's why you have churches in other nations, and they're underground, so to speak. Not literally necessarily underground, but you know, they're hidden. They're trying to hide from the government because it's illegal to preach the gospel. It's illegal to minister to the gospel. It's illegal to convert people to Christianity. And so they're hiding. They're hiding because the wicked have arisen and are in power. If we don't let... God arise on us, then we're going to find ourselves hiding because the wicked will be the ones in power. See, the answer to the wicked, the answer to the problems is the glory of God. It's Jesus. It's the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. That really is the answer. So we have to bring him on the scene. We have to bring God into manifestation. Can you say amen? Because the glory keeps away the corruption, the corrupt. It holds the wicked in check. Yeah, it, it keeps our churches clean. It keeps our churches clean. Uh, you know, anybody can go to a church where there's no glory. Where there's no glory, you can have all kinds of folks in that church. But notice in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 33. The Bible says the glory of God can manifest like fire. It's, it's, like, it's like fire. It's like a consuming fire. Our God is like a consuming fire. And, and so here, in Isaiah 33, verse 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid. The sinners in Zion. Uh, the church is called Zion in the book of Hebrews. So we can say the sinners in church are afraid. Sinners in church? Yeah. See, there's a lot of folks, they're not living out of the Bible. They're living like the world. And they have uh, about the same kind of morals that the world has, which is very immoral. And that's how it is for many people 
in the church world in general. And a lot of them just can't tell the difference. They can't tell the difference between the holy and the unclean, the unholy. They can't, they can't tell that they can't discern the difference. They watch what the ungodly watch. They're entertained by what the ungodly are entertained by. They talk the way the ungodly talk, sinners. And so, yet, they're church people. But here he says, they're afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He goes on, he says, he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppression, he who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, he who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil, that's going to knock out a lot of entertainment. He who dwells on high, his place of defense will be the fortress of rocks and so forth. And so on. But notice that it says, Who among us shall dwell with the devour with the with the devouring fire? He's talking about the fire of God. He's talking about the glory of God being in manifestation. When the glory of God is in manifestation in a place, fearfulness seizes hypocrites. Hypocrites, sinners, people that don't want to live right, are seized by fearfulness. Because of that devouring fire of God, that glory of God. How many remember Cain? He's the one that killed his brother Abel. Uh, he fled from the presence of the Lord. And how many people remember Jonah? You know, he was swallowed up by the well. But, but before that happened, when he decided he was going to disobey God, and he wasn't going to follow God, and he was going to do his own thing, you know what this man of God did? He went away from the presence of the Lord. He fled from the presence of the Lord because he couldn't stay in disobedience and in sin and be in the presence of God. He couldn't do it. Adam and Eve, you know, going back even further than Cain, Adam and Eve, they were doing fine with those fig leaves they had sown. But as soon as God showed up and manifested, they took off and hid. They went into hiding. They went running from the manifested presence of God. See, he came into manifestation in that garden. Now, God is everywhere all the time, but he's not in manifestation everywhere all the time. But when he came into manifestation, they ran and hid. And God said, what in the world are you hiding for? And Adam said, he said, because I was naked. Wait a second, Adam, you weren't naked. You had sown those really nice fig leaves together. See, you had those really nice fig leaves of religion. You had covered yourself so nicely with all that religion and all that religiosity. And you see, they looked good as long as they were around the animals. See, it didn't matter. They were able to wear fig leaves and all that kind of stuff around the animals. But when God walked in the garden, yeah, the fig leaves did not profit them. They couldn't hide behind their religion. They couldn't find, hide behind their fig leaves. They, were, they knew they were exposed. Everything was wide open in the presence of God. And of course, that's what he says over in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, it's chapter 4, verse 12. 
It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So when God is in manifestation, the word is living. The word is powerful. The word is sharp. And everything becomes naked. And you know, it's, it's amazing just how much, people don't even realize how much they do it, but how much people hide themselves from even themselves. People put on facades, right? People put up these fronts. People put on all these airs. And it's just phony baloney. It's phony baloney. It's not genuine. It's not real. A lot of times people are living up to what they feel other people's expectations of them are. And so it's hard for them to just be real and to be honest and to be open. And so people have lived in this place of hiding for so long. We're always, people are so ashamed. They're so ashamed of themselves and so ashamed of their, of their, of their lives that they're, they're always hiding. And people do, do it so much, they don't even know how much they're hiding. They don't know how much that's become a lifestyle to them. And then God shows up and just starts ripping the covers off. And you got to want the truth. You got to want to be transformed, to be able to stand there and say, Here I am. What must I do? Forgive me, Lord. Man, I see it. I'm not afraid to see it. If that's where I've been, if that's who I am, then show me. Show me who I am. Expose me to me. Show it up, Jesus. Hallelujah. If it's not right, tell me it's not right. Show me it's not right. It might not feel good, but I want to be good. That's another thing about our society is that we're so feely oriented. We want to feel good. And we want to make everybody feel good. And churches have become become centers of feel-good centers. And it's all about trying to make people feel good. But it's not about making people feel good. It's about cutting things out of them. It's about performing surgery with a double-edged sword. It's about going in there and exposing things in people's lives that are destroying their life, that's eating them up, that's corroding them, that's making them subject to bondage, that's giving place to the devil in their life. And then they can be happy afterwards because freedom brings happiness. Freedom brings everlasting joy. But we got to open ourselves up and allow the deliverer to shine his light all over us. There's really nothing to be ashamed of because there's not a person in this room that uh, has not needed the Savior to do a deep cleansing, a thorough searching, and a removing of unpleasant things in their life. There isn't one. So that's another thing. Don't say, uh, you feel so isolated and alone. You just think you're the only one. And you're around all these beautiful religious people. All these wonderful, wonderful shiny faces. And we thank God for the shiny faces. 
And we are around a whole bunch of beautiful people. But nobody got here without first going through the fire. I'm talking about a devouring fire. And they had to have a lot of things devoured. And we still recognize we need to present ourselves before the fire of the Holy Spirit and allow the light of God's word to pierce us and cut us and deliver us and set us free. Come on, somebody. So you see, you see, nobody in this place is so perfect that they can't relate to you. So lighten up. It's all right. Hallelujah. Let's just let it all out there in front of Jesus and just let him cut it off. Hallelujah. And if you just get something, you know, uh, that you recognize needs to get cut off and you want to run to the altar and slide in there, you know, at the altar and just cry out to God and say, oh, Lord, thank you. Have mercy on me. Forgive me, God. You just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. We need to get back to that where people are running to the altar. I was thinking about that, you know, after Sunday service, just about, you know, we need to get back to some serious altar calls. Like get down here and repent kind of altar calls, you know. Get down here, let's get things right. Let God cut that thing out of your life. Let God deliver you from that. Let him set you free. Bring you into a greater level of liberty. Hallelujah. That's, you know, people want the freedom without the cutting. But we got to allow God to cut things out of our life. That's how we get free. Can you say amen? amen? Proverbs 29, verse 4 says, The king establishes the land by justice. Justice, righteousness. But he who receives bribes overthrows it. The contemporary English version says this way. It says, An honest ruler makes a nation strong. A ruler who takes bribes will bring it to ruin. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing right now. I think we're seeing that going on right now in, uh, in our government. I think there's a lot of folks that are being bribed into things because there's a whole lot of things that folks are doing. It don't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. You say, well, how is this possible? Well, let's just come back to the church. How's the church doing? How's the salt of the earth doing? Right? See, we want to make sure... That the glory of God, his justice, his righteousness is manifesting in and through our lives. And see, that's going to affect the world around us. We don't want to just point our finger at the world around us and look and say, I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe that's going on. That's go-. And meanwhile, angels are looking at us going, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. See? So we want to make sure we got our hands nice and clean. You know, how, how can we clean up our nation? How can we clean up our government if our own houses aren't clean? How many people know I wrote a book? It's called How to Pray for the Governing Authorities. How many people have read it? All right. If you haven't, you should immediately. And if you have read it, read it again. This would be a great week to do it. This would be a great week. You know, we don't retain everything we, we hear and, and read. And, you know, we just don't retain it all. And you go back and you go, yeah. We go back, we hear it again, and we grow in revelation. So this is something the church needs. There's things here that we need to be growing in the revelation of. A lot of things we need to grow in the revelation of. Uh, but let me, just, let me just read something here from uh, page 21. Can I read page 21 to you? 
What believers allow in their houses by means of the media, television, internet, etc., they authorize to rule over them from the various houses of government. Now, I'm going to say that again. What believers allow in their houses by means of the media, television, internet, etc., they authorize to rule over them from the various houses of government. See, we've got we to see where we possibly might be the problem. Rather than just always looking at other people and their problems. We've got to find out, you know, are we the answer? Or are we a part of the problem? So, so here, it says they authorize to rule from the various houses of the government. If we invite villains deceivers, murderers, and thieves into our, houses as en- into our houses as entertainment. How can we then stop them from ruling over us from the upper house, the Senate, the lower house, the House of Representatives, or the White House? Hypocritical prayers carry no weight in the eyes of God. In other words, you can't be celebrating it, being, being entertained by it, and then turn around and speak against it. Say, man, we, we, we're against corruption. We're against thieves. We're against, you know, there's some, some downright villains in public office. I mean downright villains. But if you like villains, how can you cast them out? How can you pray them out? You see, do you see the hypocrisy in that? See, it's very simple. It's not like some real deep revelation, but it's a very simple truth. But you see, a lot of people, they don't want to hear things like that. Because, I want my MTV. I don't know know if anybody knows this. That goes back a few years. I want my. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I want my MTV. I want my TV. Oh, we've lost a lot of folks. A lot of folks have fallen off the wagon here at Life Faith Bible Church. That's okay. We make sharp turns. <laughs> we got a sharp two-edged sword. And so we make sharp turns. Oh, and people just fall off the wagon. I love you, Pastor. I love this church. We were praying. We've been praying that God would send someone like you to our city, a teaching pastor. And then I get up and I talk about MTV. They talk about their movies. And then they go to a church where they're more comfortable. Where the pastor uses movies as an illustration of the Word of God. They actually watch movies now. You know, some churches you go to, they actually watch a movie. That's what they do. They watch a movie, and then he'll give some points from that movie. Some some life lessons from the movie. He'll mix scripture with it. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of that. It's It's a big thing today. Oh, yeah. And so, but that's why we're in the place we're in, in our nation. That's why corruption's trying to take over and cause the church to go underground, running for their lives to hide, see? And so it says, if we invite villains, deceivers, murderers, and thieves into our houses as entertainment, how can we stop them from ruling over us from the various different houses of government? If we want our prayers to be heard then we, God's people who are called by his name, must humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. 
say a lot, a lot of folks, I hear a lot of folks in the church world saying, oh, we need to, you know, we need to ask God for forgiveness. Oh, God, forgive us. You know, forgive our nation. Have mercy. Give us mercy. Give us mercy. Have, give us forgiveness and mercy. Well, no, you got to give him something. It's called repentance. <laughs> you got to turn from the life that you've been living to the life that he's called you to live. If you don't repent, if you don't turn from ways that he considers wicked, even though the world considers it, nothing wrong with it. It's normal. He says it's wicked. If you don't turn from that, then your prayers are worthless. Your prayers for healing of our land is worthless. So that's all part. We got to humble ourselves, pray, and turn from our wicked ways. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, which may mean turning the channel or turning off our media device altogether. Praying without turning is not enough. We must turn from that which is contrary to godliness in our homes and then pray for ungodly leaders to cease in the upper house, lower house, or the white house. This kind of effective praying will surely bring God's blessing and healing power into manifestation upon our land. Hallelujah. And that's what we're looking for, aren't we? We want God to manifest in our land. So it's a good book. Here's a good nugget. We must be watchful not to speak blessings over those who hold an agenda that is clearly against Christ and against the basic teachings of the Bible. A lot of folks just run around blessing everybody, you know. And to bless somebody is to empower them, to prosper. And so if somebody's got an anti-Christ agenda, I'm not going to ask God to empower them. I'm not going to ask God to empower them. So I might, I might ask God to bless them, to bring them into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, open their eyes, but I'm not going to ask them to bless the works of their hands, just bless what they're doing, you know? So, you know, a lot of these people need to be stopped. They don't need to be blessed. They don't need to be empowered to do what they're doing. They need to be stopped, praise God. And then uh, page 25. I believe if we walk in a critical spirit before others, it will prevent us from praying in the right spirit before the Lord. Now, this is something very important right now because with all that's going on, it's easy to just become very judgmental and critical. And we don't want to do that. You don't want to just be critical and judgmental and just throwing words out there that insult people and cut people down. You don't want to do that because, see, what you're doing is you're exalting yourself above them. And it's not about us against them. It's not about them against us and us against them. For us, it's all about God. Him being in manifestation in everybody's life. Whether that's in the, manif- in the form of judgment or it's in the form of blessing. Whatever it might be. But we want God in manifestation. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for these people to fall. We're not looking for these people, something bad to happen to these people, something good to happen to these people. No, we just, we want the path that leads to God being exalted in everything. See, we got to get, we got to understand that. That's not, that's not the world's mentality, but that's our mentality. Our whole thing is we want God exalted. Hallelujah. However that looks. We want God exalted. So we got to watch. We don't want to sit here and just start criticizing and putting people down because that can actually add to the problem. Yes, your voice can add to the problem. So we got to watch what we're watching. we got to watch what we're partaking of because that can totally null and void our faith and actually 
give the devil permission to do these, these things in our land. So we got to watch about inviting these things and being entertained by things that Jesus died to save us from. You got that? So we should have that. We should be done with that. Praise God, I repent, and I'm moving on. And then we got to watch how we're talking. we got to watch. We gotta, we're actually just slandering and cutting people down. Proverbs 24, verse 17 says, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. And do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turn away his wrath from him. Isn't that interesting? So his judgment needs to come on such people. But we want his judgment so that he's exalted in everything. Again, it's not about us against them and ha-ha, yeah, they got what they deserve and man, I hope this happens to them and da-da-da-da. And it's us against them. You got to watch that. You know, you got to watch. Just because it's on the television, just because they're on the television, that doesn't mean they're not humans. You know, people do this with sports. I've seen people, they're so into their, their ball game, their quarterback isn't doing a good job. Man, he's an idiot. He's a jerk. He's stupid. Oh, what an idiot. Oh, what's your problem? And they just curse these players that are out there on the field as though they're not really human beings. As though it's just something, it's okay, it's on television, so you can just speak these things. It's not okay. I said it's not okay. Now, there's things we have to say sometimes to expose things. You have to uncover corruption. But we're not just sitting here slandering and cutting people down and criticizing and judging them. Why? Because we're not better than them. You think of the most corrupt political person you can think of right now. I'll give you all one second. <laughs> well, maybe you need more. It might be a variety of people to think about. But you think about the worst person that you would, you think this is like, this person is so corrupt. This person is so corrupt. They're no better than you, apart from him. I said, they're no better than you or I, apart from him. The only difference between them and you is Jesus. Jesus has made you righteous. Otherwise, without Jesus, you'd be going to the same place they would be, they would be going if they don't get saved, that they're impossibly going, if they don't get saved. You hear me? And that's a place called hell, which is a very real place. See? And you'd be going there just like them if it wasn't for Jesus. So think about that. How can we be so critical of anybody when we ourselves were damned to eternal destruction because of who we were? See, there's no self-righteousness here. We are who we are by the grace of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We put our faith in the grace of God, which is in Jesus Christ. So you see, we've got to remind ourselves of these things. And we've got to watch because that could actually turn things in the wrong direction. It could actually feed the corrupt. It could actually feed the evil in people. Your slander is actually food to the devil. You can actually be feeding the fire. Throwing wood on the fire. So we have to watch our mouths. We have to control how we speak. Do you see that? Uh, Psalm 37 will help us to get into faith about things. Faith comes by hearing the word. 
So we get over in the Word of God, and it helps us to deal with things in faith. And faith manifests God. Psalm 37. You can read the whole psalm, but I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Are there any folks bringing wicked schemes to pass? There are. He says, but don't fret. Don't fret. You know you see it happening. Don't fret. This is God talking to you now. Don't fret. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. In other words, you're only feeding the problem. Reacting to things in the flesh. Reacting to the flesh in the flesh only causes more flesh. It only feeds the problem. It only causes harm. He says, don't do that. He says, because evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit heaven. No, it doesn't say that. Thank God we're going to inherit heaven. But he says, those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. See? God's concerned about the here and now. He's concerned about with your earth life. This is his promise to you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. He says, if you'll trust in him, if you'll rest in him, he says, evildoers, they're going to get cut off. They're going to get cut off. Do you believe that? They're going to get cut off. So you need to tune that in. Let your faith antenna. Some of you just reach in here and pull your faith antenna up a little higher. Some of you, you know, sometimes those antennas, they only go halfway up. Sometimes you gotta, there's another. You got to pull that out a little bit more. Get the antenna a little bit higher. See, let's get this. Here's the answer right here. Hallelujah. We can manifest this word. This word is to help us manifest God's deliverance. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Just hang in there. Wicked will be no more. Indeed, you will look diligently for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Praise God. Let's tune that in. Abundance, overflow of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him. (laughs) Hallelujah. The Lord laughs at him. For he sees that his day is coming. Isn't that something? The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. But their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Well, this doesn't sound like a God of love. He's a God of love. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of mercy. That's love. His love is in both his judgment and his mercy. We have to understand that. Thank God for his judgment. I mean, how are people glad that when you get to heaven, all this devil stuff will be over? Aren't you glad you don't have to go there and you don't have to keep messing with the devil, resisting the devil? And have all these nut-nuts running around in heaven? You know, you can't leave leave the door to your mansion open? Because you never know if a thug is going to come in there and, and start stealing 
the gold dust and everything that's in the house? Right? I mean, thank God. Thank God they're not going to be anymore in heaven. But here he's talking about the earth. He wants, it, he wants us to have days of heaven on earth. He wants to, in other words, he wants to clean things up on the earth. He wants to, but how's he going to do it? He's going to do it through the church, acting in faith, not fretting in fear, walking in the flesh. That's how it's going to get done. So I'm standing on the word of God. I'm determined I'm going to be in faith. I'm going to tune in what God is saying. I'm going to expect that, and I'm not going to fret. If you're fretting, you're on the wrong station. You're manifesting the wrong thing. Psalm 55, verse 21. Verse 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Glory to God. He will not permit you to be moved. Can you say amen? Praise God. Say, I'm going to keep my burdens cast on the Lord. Yeah, so you see, what, what does that mean? That means you might get a burden over some of this stuff. You know, you see some of these things. I mean, I, I, I'll get heavy with a burden sometimes, you know. Because I, I see the seriousness of it, you know. And I see how the enemy has been able to prosper and has been able to take ground, see. I take that serious. I don't ignore that. There's a lot of people who say they don't have any faith, but then they, they'll talk like a person, that they, just they, they, they talk like a person that might have faith, you know. Like they say things like, oh, God's in control. God's going to take care of it. God's got a plan. And it's just light and frothy, and there's no faith in it. They didn't take the time to tune in Scripture. They're not, they're not in faith concerning specific words in God's Word, concerning God manifesting. They're not living a life where God is manifesting. It's just kind of this reckless carelessness that they think is faith. God has a plan. God's in control. Nothing bad's going to happen. It's all going to work out. That's a, that's, that's a deceptive lie of the enemy for folks to just... Throw all caution to the wind and just think, God's in control. No, 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 no. There's a real burden that comes with understanding the crises of life. Life has real crises, life-threatening crises. And so we're not denying that there's a legitimate crisis here. Not only in our nation, but even in individual tests and trials that people go through. They face crises, life-threatening things. You don't just sit back and just say, oh, God's in control. Whatever happens, happens. If that was true, then nobody would be dying of, from terrible things. Nobody would be going to hell, see? But everybody just throws this religious sticker out there on, on everything and act like, hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. No, it's not all good. There's a lot of bad. A lot of bad stuff happening. And if you don't do something about it, it'll take over. Evil will take over. People will accept their bribes, corrupt, corruption will spread, and you'll go running and hide. So you have to do something about it. What is that? You've got to tune in the Word of God. You've got to take the burden. You've got to come with a real sense of what's going on here, have a, realist, a realistic idea of what's happening here, know the threat, and then come to the Lord and present it to Him, praise God, and put it in His hands by getting into faith concerning His Word and expecting that Word to manifest in your life and in your nation. 
We're responsible. We're not irresponsible. Slapping praise God stickers on everything. We get in, we get in the scripture. We get in there. We find what's going on. We find that something that's going on. We recognize the threat. We take it to the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't fret. We take it to the Lord. And we release our faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we let God arise. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Can you say amen? The enemies of righteousness, the enemies of peace and joy, the enemies of goodness and mercy, the enemies of justice, the enemies of liberty. Let them be scattered. Let God arise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.